0: Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. The real estate market has been super hot this spring. There's been a low inventory of homes for sale, and it's increased the number of multiple offer situations for buyers dramatically. So what are the secrets to give you the best chance at being the buyer that gets the house? My guest today is a realtor who can offer up his top three secrets to be the winning offer. He sold real estate in New York City with a highly successful team in Manhattan for several years. He's now a top-selling Remax One agent in Maryland, and I'm proud to say He's my son, Connor Stuckler. Welcome, Connor.
1: Hey, I'm glad to uh, finally make the cut and um, <laughs> you know, earn my stripes. And, you know, Haley got to do it. So, uh, really Yay. looking forward to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you on here, Connor. I'm just thrilled, tickle pinked. So, um, and, and you're so good at this topic. You, you really have some great secrets that uh, I think uh, listeners would, could really benefit from. And um, sure. I know I've seen a lot of multiple offers this year. You, you know, it's it's just been kind of crazy. Now I do want to caution listeners. Sometimes sellers will uh, say, "Well, you know, it's it's such a great market this spring," and that's absolutely true. But if you overprice your house too much, you're not gonna get um, you're not gonna get multiple offers. It's just just a fact. Um, so just keep that in mind. Sometimes I want to throw that little caveat out there right up front because I know people will ask me about that. <laughs> so I'm going to give sure. you the answer right now. Right, Connor?
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just in terms of eliciting multiple offers, I mean, pricing is such a, it's an art and it's a science. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, it is to your point. It is a really good market right now. I mean, we're really starting to get into the, the peak of the market, especially with the weather getting nice. Um, it's funny how people are driven by the weather. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, So we are seeing a a hot market right now. I mean, I've had a number of multiple bid situations. I mean, probably, I think five out of my last six offers have been multiple bid situations. And uh, I've been lucky enough to win four out of those five. Um, But um, yes, there are multiple bid situations right now. But if you're you're pricing it too high and you're not going to get you know, people through the door, then you're not going to get any offers, let alone multiple offers. So it is a it is a fine line, and it's a delicate dance, and it's a it's an art and a science. That's why you're the best.
0: <laughs> well, and before I ask you, you know, for some real specific tips on what buyers can keep in mind to to hopefully be the winning buyer of a house that they're interested in and put an offer in, um, are you finding that price point? There are certain price points that you are, uh, at least in this area. Uh, suburbs of Maryland outside of Washington, D.C., that you're finding that you're more likely to see multiple offers?
1: So, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And um, before I had these four or five multiple bid situations, um, I would I would have said yes. But um, the way it's actually sh- shaken out, uh, I mean, I really think it's it's each case is individual. It's, you know, each case is unique and it really depends on the property itself. So, I mean, I had one that was at 750. I had one that was at 600. I had one that was at um, 335, and I had one that was at 240. So I mean, really, kind of hit every uh, every mark there in terms of the price point. So it's like I said before. Before I had these five uh, multiple bid situations, I would have said yes. I would have said, you know, it's usually kind of in the middle ground. Like I would have said like three to four hundred thousand, and then. But the reality was, it's only been one of my last five. So. Um, it's been, it's kind of unique.
0: Yeah. So now when you're showing buyers these homes and you're talking about a huge swing there from $240,000 house to a $750,000 house, are they um, properties where they show extremely well or you, or they're just seen as priced really well for the market compared to their competitors?
1: So my, in my experience, it's been, it's been homes that are that, uh, that are like move in ready. I mean, they're got granite countertops. They, they've been totally renovated, at least for the most part. Um, so, you know, they're showing really, really well. And, um, you know, the, you can tell, I mean, with the, with the way they're priced, um, that, Hey, this is going to be kind of a hot property. And then you, when you walk in and it's like, man, I don't have to do a thing to it. I can move right in and, um, you know, have a great home uh that those are the homes that we've seen uh i'd say out of the 4 we've i've won out of the 5 that i've had recently uh 3 of them were were totally renovated um, you know pretty much top to bottom
0: mm and it's that's so interesting so buyers are really just not really even though you see all the HGTV uh shows and people like to watch those but absolutely they're very popular but it seems like buyers aren't really wanting for the most part to uh to do a whole lot of Work.
1: No, I mean that, and that's what's so funny is everybody says that they want a fix her upper, and then it's you, you take them into one, and it's like, man, this one actually doesn't even require that much work, and it's like, ew, this is gross, and it's like, well, <laughs> this is exactly what you said you wanted, um, but you know, their eyes don't match their hearts, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it is one of those things that sounds good, <laughs> but oh, until it sounds you're. <laughs> great in theory. Still the reality of having to get in there and uh, rip, uh, rip out, you know, appliances and cabinets and all that stuff.
1: <laughs> right. I, and, I mean, I have a, I have a young couple right now who, you know, they, they say they want to, you know, a fixer-upper. And, you know, I showed them one that really all it needs is new carpet and new paint. And they're like, you know, that's too much of a project. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's really the bare bones in terms of, you know, doing any kind of work. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's funny what um, – you know, what people say, and then how they act. But that's human nature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, what would you say? Okay, so you've got three tips you can offer up that you found really attribute to your success um, for your buyers. What would you say is the absolute number one, uh, you know, tip that you could give a buyer who's either thinking about buying right now, and they're thinking, well, you know, I'm going to probably have that situation too, or they've already experienced it. Uh, what would you say is the number one tip?
1: I mean, the number one tip, and this might seem like a little bit of, you know, self-promotion, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I mean, truth be told, the, the number one thing is having a great local agent that's well-known, that's connected, that knows all the players in the in the local market. I mean, that really can't be... Can't be overstated. I mean, it's it's incredibly important, especially when you get into multiple bid situations. I mean, it's it's incredibly important when you're just dealing with you know a home that doesn't have competing offers. But once you get into the kind of into the weeds and you've you know got two, three, maybe even four other offers, um, you know that that is just it, it can't be overstated how important that is. So
0: Well, that's really interesting because lot, I know a lot of times um, I have thought over the years that buyers uh, tend to be far less uh, discriminating about the realtor that they choose than a seller does. A seller because, at least in Maryland, the seller pays all of the commission on both sides. And so uh, I, I notice uh, in selling property that they really do their homework. They really want to interview you including or multiple agents oftentimes, and they do their homework on you before you even walk in the door so whereas buyers it's like oh can you just you know open the door for me and yeah write up this contract so they don't seem to so it's interesting that you would say for a buyer your advice would be and why would that be why is that so um why would it be why would that matter if they were well connected in a local community your representative
1: sure sure i mean and, and i think you're absolutely right buyers are as a whole a lot less um you know they don't discriminate as much in terms of who they're going to work with and um you know because they a lot of times and this is unfortunate especially me working as a buyer's agent for the most part uh you know a lot of times they just kind of see us as uber drivers as somebody who's going (laughs) to get you in the door essentially i mean that's 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 how i describe it a lot of times is hey we're, we're uber drivers basically um and um
0: Un- unpaid but, Uber drivers. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tell Give me five house. stars, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so I mean, it's just incredibly important because not only I mean, just like let's take a step back before you even make that bid, before you even know that, and then oh my god, now there's a competing bid. When having a good rapport, having a good relationship with having your 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 representative, your buyer's agent with the with the listing agent, is just that's incredibly important to begin with, because they're going to give you a little bit more insight, maybe give you a little more context, you know, obviously there's there's certain things that they can't tell, you know, they have a fiduciary duty, duty to their client, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's guidelines and, you know, ethi- ethics. Business ethics, yeah, exactly, um, so, to where they can't say certain things, but the nice thing is, is if, and this is one thing I'm really fortunate, uh, because I'm I'm younger uh, in terms of you know the grand scheme of real estate agents I mean it it, it skews you know a little bit older demographically. Um, one thing that I really benefit from and i really you know I don't I don't take for granted is that I do have uh, the benefit of being part of Team Stuckler. So I get I get some of your and you know John's my dad. Um, his name—he hates when I call him John. Uh,
0: <laughs> and I don't mind when you call me Patty. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but uh, but that's one thing that I really benefit from, is from—is—is from the the name recognition of Team Stuckler. Uh, that you know, because I am a younger agent, so they may not know me, but they know, oh, he's he's you know, he's part of Team Stuckler. They know, you know, I know that they do a really good job. I know that they're problem solvers. And that's one thing I'll talk about a little later is being a problem solver. And that that's so incredibly important. Um, but so just to get back on topic. So, I mean, having someone that knows, you know, the knows the players, you know, is a well-known local agent. I mean, it's just incredibly important because, you know, so. All right. Now, once we know that there's competitive it's a competitive situation, you can kind of lean on that other, that listing agent. And of course, like I said, they can't tell you certain things, but they'll be able to point you in the right direction. And, you know, they may be able to, give you a little bit of context as to what what the situation is. And, you know, if nothing else, lets you know what, uh, you know, what factors are a priority to their seller. So, I mean, there's, and this is something we'll touch on in a little bit, you know, other terms really matter. Um, so that's one thing that's really nice is if you have a good relationship with the listing agent, they'll 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 give you little clues, give you little indications as to, hey, you know, it's not just all price. X, Y, and Z are also really important. So that's just—I mean—that can't be overstated. You know, it's incredibly important to have—you know—have your buyer representation have a relationship with with some of the other big players in the in the industry. And I mean, yeah. truth be told, I mean, I know we talk about it all the time. Is it's kind of like the it's the Pareto principle, it's the eighty twenty principle, where. 20% of the agents do about 80% of the business. So, I mean, you're running into the same names and faces over and over and over again. So all the more reason that it's incredibly important to have a really great, well-known local agent.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And in fact, um, I know myself, has been, there, I've had many instances where I've had an agent in a multiple uh, offer situation say to me, you know, oh, I love to take your offers. E- even in a non um, a non-multiple offer situation just because I've worked with them many times before and you know any problems that arose we figured it out we got them solved we got to settlement You know, everybody was happy so um, it's, it's that past experience that rapport that agents build within a community uh, I don't care whether you're in Arkansas or you know or California or New or York, New York City. City yeah New York City you're you're you know even a, a town as big as New York City you're gonna have kind of that like you said that 80-20 principle going on and you're going to have rapport between agents so that so that's really interesting so what would you say would be another really top tip that you've utilized to to get the winning bid well I just
1: sure and I I just want to just take another step back really quick just because I mean I know I said it before problem solvers I mean that is such an important thing and having a relationship with the other agent and them knowing hey this guy's not gonna you know, we're not going to get to inspections and he's not going to kill the deal. And I don't mean kill the deal, but I just mean, you know, managing expectations as an agent is like, honestly, it's probably one of the most important things you can do because, you know, especially with younger buyers, um, you know, especially first time buyers. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of times they get that inspection report and it's 20 pages and they're like, oh my God, it's 20 pages. And it's like, okay, we'll take a deep breath. The first 15 pages of it are our standard boilerplate, you know, giving you the mechanical profiles of the house, you know, the, the HVAC unit, the roof, what have you. So I mean, it's like, hey, this is actually all right. And every home is going to have, you know, some things. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, if it's a 10 year old house, it's been, you know, there's going to be a little bit of settling. There's going to be a crack here and there. There's going to be, you know, nicks and bruises, whatever. Um, So managing expectations, but being a problem solver is really, really, really incredibly important. So having trust with the other agent, and, and knowing that they're a problem solver, knowing that they're going to get things done is just – I mean they're, it's its just – it's one of the most important things you can have. And that, that alone is going to give you such an advantage over a competing offer. I mean all things being equal, let's say you have this – I mean the exact same deal. But you know, this is an agent that I've done four deals with. I know they're part of you know Team Stuckler, and that they do a great job. Uh, I'm gonna go with their offer than than an offer from an agent from an outside market, especially. That's why the local piece of it really matters because if you're dealing with an agent where they don't have a septic and you get a failed septic, and they're freaking out thinking it's gonna be twenty thousand dollars, but it's really just an inlet pipe, and it's like, man, that's a five hundred dollar repair. And it's like, so that all the more reason having an agent who knows that local that specific area is all the more important so it's incredibly that's why number one is kind of two points i mean it's to it's have a great well-known local agent because they're going to know the players they're going to have relationships with all the different agents and then they're also going to know the market specifics of that area so that's really i mean it's one point is and it's that's why it's the most important because it's you know it's really kind of two points in one
0: so what what would be the second um second secret or tip you could offer
1: Sure. So, and we, and I kind of touched on that in the last one is uh, talking about the other terms. So be flexible is, is my number two and it's that other terms matter. So be flexible dash other terms so, matter.
0: So when you, <laughs> so what would you say when you say terms, explain what, what that means? What what, t- sure. what do you mean by terms?
1: Sure. So, I mean, obviously the, in nine out of 10 cases, the, the, the seller's net proceeds are going to beat out all our, other things. That said, if you can make it close on their net proceeds, on their bottom line, other factors could give you the edge. So when, especially when you're in a a competitive situation, multiple bid situation, that's why that that's extremely important. So, and, and when I talk about other terms, I'm talking about settlement date. I'm talking about, you know, are they including a home warranty? What is the EMD amount? What is the earnest money deposit? How much skin do they have in the game? Because I mean, if you're talking about a $800,000 $800,000 house and they only got a $1,000 EMD check, someone buying an $800,000 house is a higher net worth individual. So a $1,000 EMD, that's really not that prohibitive for them to just, bow, you know, back out of the contract for really not having a reason. Um, so, you know, the EMD amount is a, is a big one. Uh, settlement date EMD, um, you know, doing inspections for information purposes only. I mean, that's a big one. So, and these are all, all three that I've mentioned are, are ones that I've had in the last four or five uh, multiple bid situations, and I can give, give you know run through a couple of examples of those if you, if you'd like.
0: Yeah, well, let's get back to the EMD. So, and just because sometimes people don't always know what that lingo is or what that terminology is, it's 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 the money you're putting up. It's that good it's, faith deposit. They used to call it the good faith deposit. Now it's typically, at least in this area, referred to as the earnest money deposit. It is what you're putting up to say. Here's what I'm, you know, here's my offer, and here's what I'm putting up to at risk if if I were to back out, uh, you know, through, through, um, you know, throughout the contract at some point where I was not still within a contingency phase at that time. Exactly,
1: exactly. And I always describe it as as skin in the game. It's how much skin in the game they have because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, if, um, you know, you can always back out and then, um, you know, just you, you'll have to pay that earnest money deposit. So, you know, depending on the price point, um, that can really strengthen an offer. And so, I had one that was, you know, a higher price point. Um, you know, multiple bid situation, and we said, I mean, we knew there was another. I mean, the home had only been on the market one day. It was the first day on the market. Got multiple bids. I mean, so that tells you, you know, it was a really hotly contested, you know,
0: very desired, really, property. really sought
1: after property. Yeah, exactly. So um you know so I knew that we had to come in strong and we came in strong to begin with and then I got a call from the agent saying, hey you know there is we are expecting multiple offers and um so you know if you want to strengthen your offer, um, I think that would be a good idea and so that's and that's a perfect example of knowing the agent and you know have have them you know having a relationship with them and them saying, hey I think it'd be in you and your clients' best interest to um you know strengthen your offer up a bit so and that's you know they, they're not telling me anything about the other offer. They're just saying, "Hey, you know."
0: They're giving you kind of that heads up, that Right. You know. So
1: that was one of the things we did. I mean, we we certainly strengthened our offer, um, you know, in terms of the price. But that was another thing. I asked them, "Okay, well, what is what is an ideal settlement period look like for them?" And they they wanted a longer settlement period. And one of the things that I did was I knew my clients actually wanted that to begin with, but I, I didn't tell them that. I just I acted like, okay, well I guess we'll we'll give that concession <laughs> to them. So I mean it actually worked, worked out the out. Like yeah. my client wanted to begin with. Um, but I made it seem like man they're you know they're gonna be homeless for two months and gonna have to figure <laughs> it out uh, just to really, you know, strengthen the offer. And so mm-hmm. so we you know we extended we upped our price a bit, we extended the uh, the settlement date out about two months, and then um, we, we raised our EMD. We, we doubled our EMD. Well, um, and the so- thing
0: about the EMDs, too, what I like about the terms, uh, adjusting the terms and being flexible with the terms that a buyer can do because a lot of times a buyer says, well, you know, Patty, this is as high as I can go. I, I want this house, but I can't go any higher. But they can do other things. They can delay the settlement, stay, you know, wherever they're at an extra month. They could do a pre-settlement occupancy or a post-settlement occupancy. Those are things where you let the, the seller stay in the property even after you go to settlement for a duration You know, of time, like whether say an extra month, and and they typically will pay that at the new owner's uh, mortgage payment, so that there doesn't cost them anything. Uh, But it it, but it really helps the seller not have to move twice or whatever they're doing. Exactly. You know, or a pre settlement where the the um, the buyer moves in before settlement. If for some reason that helps, you know, uh, one side or the other. In in a case of a buyer on a multiple offer situation, it'd be most likely a post settlement occupancy that you'd be you know you'd be probably working out if that was something that was desirable for the seller.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, settlement date, EMD, so another one is the um the inspections for information purposes only. I mean, that's that's one that I've used twice in those last, you know, five multiple bid situations. And um you know, sometimes people are a little weir- wary of that and and You know, I I would always be wary. I mean, if you're a buyer, ask questions. If something makes you uncomfortable, ask questions. And if your agent doesn't have a good explanation for that, find a new agent. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that that, that may seem a little harsh, but that's, I mean, this is is the biggest investment you're going to make in your life to date. Um, If your agent doesn't know how to answer a a question, you know, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, So... You know, and and so ask these questions. So, and be be skeptical and be wary. I encourage skepticism for all of my clients. If I tell you to do something, I want you to ask me why. Mm -hmm. So, um, so so for the no inspections part, you know, I had one client who was like, "Man, I I don't feel comfortable doing that at all." And I'm like, "Well, let me let me just talk you through it, and then and then you can make a decision." So, I mean, from that perspective, I said, "Look, this is really going to strengthen our offer." This is a brand new house, so I mean, there's very likely. And I don't. And trust me, that's not. That's one that I, I, I do keep in my back pocket. I don't. I don't throw that one out there. Um, eagerly,
0: like that, that wouldn't be your first uh, recourse, right. I'm sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I would. I would do settlement date first and see if we can figure that out, uh, and see if there's anything else you know we can do to sweeten the deal before I would go to the inspections. At the same time, it's really not giving up much, and here's why. So I mean, when you have the inspection. The property inspections addendum, you know, you've got you put in your time frame, you do the inspections, you get your inspection report, and then you have an opportunity to ask for repairs. Now, any repairs, they're not they're not entitled to do any of those unless they're a lender required repair and that your you know your financing is contingent upon it. Um, but so I mean they're they're not inclined, they're not, you know, there's there's no expectation that they have to agree to them. Sure, you know, you feel like you're paying top dollar for a home you know you you expect them to but they're they're not necessarily inclined to so that becomes a negotiation regardless so you know it by what I do is I say hey let's make our inspections for information purposes only and what we do is we still do keep the right we still retain the right to back out based on the inspection findings. Mm-hmm. So we reserve we retain the right to back out based on the findings of the home inspection. So we still have that bargaining chip, so we're not locked in. If we find something that we absolutely don't like, that we can't move forward with, we back out, we get our earnest money deposit back, you know, no harm, That's no it. foul, it's fine. So, it's but, so
0: so you have the right to terminate. So inspections exactly. with right to terminate to where, exactly. <clears throat> you know, they can... And the, and the good thing about that is, uh, Connor, that... You know, you, from what you're talking about, you put in an offer and in a situation like that, a highly, you know, sought after property that has multiple offers on it. And you decide, okay, we're going to go ahead and do, you know, inspections for information purposes only. So inspections with right to terminate is really what that is. And then and then if uh, if something comes back you know it's going to come back with things because all houses do and the inspectors are paid to find things so they will find things even if they're really minor things but if there's you know something that's large enough like say it needed a new roof something that's that's a high dollar item then the buyer could say well um we want a new roof we won't we're not nickel and diamond you on all this other stuff this you know we you know we're not going to ask for any of these other things." But that is a deal breaker for us. And then it still gives the seller the right to say, well, okay. I mean, any other buyer, to be honest with you, is probably going to ask for it too. So oftentimes they would actually do it. And so even though you you put in the offer, you know, with the um, as is with right to terminate uh, and just doing the inspections, but, um, you know, you end up sometimes having a seller that will agree to a big ticket item just to have it go forward. And it would be likely to come back on another offer.
1: Right. And exact, And what you just said is exactly what I explained to my clients is. So, I mean, really, it's kind of like having your cake and eating it, too. I mean, I I don't want to give out all my trade secrets in case any of my competitors <laughs> are listening. But by doing that, it from the seller's perspective, they're like, man, they're only doing ins- inspections for information purposes only, but we keep the right to terminate. So a lot of times I come back and I ask for two or three or you know four things anyways, and if they don't want to do them, then we say we're going to walk. So it, it, it ends up being the exact same as if we just kept the inspections of denim in there, which... I don't want to give away too much, but.
0: Uh. <laughs> no, I think listeners will really find that uh, really helpful information because that's absolutely right. It's really, really, in a way, it's like saying, you know, we're not going to nickel and dime the seller. We're right. not going to ask for stupid little stuff. And I say stupid little stuff, that's just, you know. Okay, that's not uh, that, that's not real estate lingo, but I mean it's it's one of those <laughs> things where you know you're talking about really some some caulking around tubs and you know little minor things, some some GFI's that could be replaced or or something like that that would be easy for a new owner to do and not very expensive. Right,
1: exactly, exactly. So either way, I mean, if you keep the inspections of denim in there, it's a negotiation regardless. If you do as is with the right to terminate, you still have the opportunity to. Make it a negotiation anyways. So you're on paper it looks like you're giving up a lot, but the reality of the situation is you're not really giving up much.
0: Yeah, and if anything and anything required required by the loan, like say for example, if you're in a septic system, the septic still has to pass um, because it will be a requirement of most loans, many loans anyway, uh, are going to require passing well and septic if if that's what your the, the property is on. So uh, and if the seller were to opt to not repair those items that should come back uh, failing, then it would become a latent defect. Uh, where in Maryland, uh, sellers are required. To disclose any latent defect I mean, so if so if a seller is then notified there's a problem with the septic then guess what if, if that contract then uh, is called null and void and the buyer gets their earnest money deposit back and they're out of that situation because the seller won't fix the septic um, in that scenario then the seller would legally have to uh, have to disclose that as a latent defect because any new buyer would not know because it's underground you can't see it it would have to be inspected for them to know that going in so they would be required. We, we literally have addendums uh, in Maryland that that say uh, such things that they have to disclose. So um, you know, you're absolutely right. That's a really good tip, a good thing to offer. you know, like you said, not something that you would do you know upfront normally, but um, but certainly is a tool in the toolbox uh, in a multiple bid situation. So what would be kind of the last tip that you would give a buyer? Uh, in order to be the winning bid if if there's you know a bunch of people sure. riding on a house,
1: sure, and this is something uh, it and it's again i mean all of these tips that I'm giving you here today are you know they're they're great in multiple bid situations, but they're great you know just generally speaking anyways um you know whether whether there's a competing offer or not these are these are really good tips for all buyers out there um and th- that's the same with this last one um so i mean this is something I tell my clients is, you know, this is try not to be emotionally involved. This is at the end of the day, this is business. Obviously there's going to be sentimental value. Obviously there's going to be an emotional attachment because you're, you're envisioning raising your family there, you know, getting married there, doing whatever. Um, you know, so obviously there's going to be an emotional attachment and an emotional investment. And, um, you know, but I try to, you know, as much as I say, you know, it's business at the end of the day, it's, my my third tip is to is to make it personal I know that seems like a little <laughs> bit of a contradiction uh, but you know I set it up like that on purposes but uh I mean so make it personal and what I mean by that is and this is something I do with every single one of my clients anytime I write an offer on a on a property one of the things I do is I include a write up of of who these people are what they loved about your house what they plan to do in that house um, and and I make it personal because All things being equal, if you read, if you, you know, one of these people has a nice write-up and they're talking about how they, you know, envision their growing family, you know, growing into that house and, you know, raising their kids and having them be able to play in the backyard and that they love that the house was on a cul-de-sac and that they're going to be able to play with their neighbor's kids. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, the home sellers are people too. So if you can kind of tug at their heartstrings a little bit, get them to be emotionally invested in your clients, that's going to help you so much in the long run. So that's, that's kind of my last piece of advice is to make it personal. A lot of times as a buyer's agent, you're working with, you know, 10, 15, 20 different clients at a time. So you may not know the intimate details of their lives and what, what exactly it is that they envision for that house. Um, so you can give them a, a general idea, but, um, if you can get your clients to write a letter, uh, I would absolutely ad- advise that. And if you can get them to include a picture, um, all, all the better. So that's one thing with, um, you know, one of the you know, the, the high dollar multiple bit situations that we got involved with is, uh, we, we included a picture of the family and, uh, you know, they were, they were a military family. So they, you know, it was a, it was a really, really cool picture. I mean, I don't know if she's going to listen to this later, but, um, hopefully she does. Um, you know, they were in front of like a, a fighter jet and they had their whole family and it was just like such a cool picture. And, um, you know, you could, you could really, you felt like you knew who they were. You were like, wow, this is a, this is a really nice couple. And they got two, you know, beautiful little girls and, you know, they're military and they're, you know, they're patriotic and they're serving our country. And it's like, man, it's like if I'm going to sell my house to anybody, I want it, I wanted to be them. And so it's like, man, then you got somebody who's in your corner pulling for you. And then all the more reason to tie back to number one, if you got a personal relationship with that agent, then they, you know, they might be willing to tell you a little bit more about, you know, what what you can do to sweeten your offer um so i mean really all three of these points really all tie into each other and mm-hmm. that's that's what's kind of cool yeah so i say make it personal i like i said i always include a write up of of you know about about the family you know who they are if they have kids, if you know, if they're a, a young dog.
0: couple.
1: Yeah, if they have a dog. Look at a dog. <laughs> right. I mean if they're a young couple, like how long they you know, when they got married and you know, if they want to have kids and you know, whatever. Um yeah. so I don't I definitely always do that if they're especially if they're you know, if you have a military client, you know, definitely include that because well,
0: know, especially, especially in this ca- area.
1: Especially in this area. Yeah, yeah. I mean we got a lot of military in the area to begin with, and it's just, you know, it's a it's a you know, it's a patriotic Area and you know there's a lot of appreciation and respect for military in this area, so all the more reason to do it. Um, you know, I have another client who's uh, who's a disabled veteran. She actually was um, had an IED blow up when she was in the Middle East, and um, you know caused her some wow. harm. And uh, I know she's a she's an amazing woman. Uh, I mean, just such a sweetheart. I mean, such a, a a glowing personality. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed working with her, um, and I'm you know I'll be sad when when we actually close, um, because oh, nice. I yeah. Well, you'll have uh, a
0: lasting uh, friendship.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what that's what's really nice about what we do, and like why I love what I do is is not only you know is it is it you know it's sales and entrepreneurial like um which I really enjoy would would kind of. You know, entice me to begin with, but um, I mean, you really are making a difference in people's lives, and you're helping them get from one chapter to the next. So, I mean, uh, it's it's just it's a really it's a beautiful thing, and it's like, man, if I can use my expertise to make the difference and to get them their dream home, like what a cool opportunity!
0: Definitely, and you know what you were saying, <clears throat> excuse me, about the um, painting the picture for the seller of who the buyer is. I. I Sold a house. I I don't know, not too long ago. That had uh, the the sellers had been there for like they were the original owners for 25 years. They had four daughters that they raised through the house, and then there was two offers that came in on the property. One of the offers, the people had four daughters, and the the offers were so similar. And of course, uh, because they wrote a letter and introduced themselves and said that they had four daughters and so forth, that they were the ones that the sellers went with. So. Um you you're absolutely right. Just knowing little bits of information about somebody can can put you over the edge, you know, uh, and end up getting the house.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, just to recap, it's get a great, well-known local agent. I know that's actually kind of like three in one, great, well-known, local. Um but that's really the the all, you know, kind of all-encompassing number one most important thing. Number two is be flexible other terms matter. And number 3 is make it personal. So Well,
0: I got it before we wrap up, Connor, <laughs> I have to ask you and you have to Excuse me for coughing. I've got my allergies are going crazy. Um do you miss selling uh, real estate in New York City?
1: Ah, uh, I mean it's kind of like a mixed bag for me. I mean, I, I I I miss New York City. I'm going back next month, uh first week of June, see some friends and stay there for a couple of days. So I'm really really looking forward to that. Um
0: but yeah, it's I mean, very I'm, I'm, it's <laughs> very it's different. Very,
1: it's very different. I mean, when I tell people I moved from New York City back to Calvert County, they're like, "Why?" <laughs> well, Uh-oh.
0: well, when Connor first came back, I have to say he wore suits a lot. He quickly realized he looked like an FBI agent when he'd walk in the Wawa or somewhere. He's the feds. <laughs> The best, <laughs> and he kind of decided, Well, I don't think I need to wear a suit every day, uh, in Maryland, uh, in, in selling real estate in southern Maryland,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I don't know. It's like, I, I really, I mean, I loved my time in New York. It was great. Uh, I mean, everything's so expensive. I mean, a pack of cigarettes is $16, just to give you an idea. I oh, mean, my God. That's I crazy. Mean, it's literally three times the cost. Wow. Uh, not that I even smoke cigarettes. Yeah, but, no. Uh, Thank God.
0: A, <laughs> Thank God you don't.
1: <laughs> just to give you an example. But, uh, so, I mean, I, I really loved my, my time in New York City, and um, I worked with William Bowles, was a a phenomenal agent. He's a great mentor to me. In fact, I I talked to him for about 40 minutes earlier today. He's kind of like my shrink who I complain about. (laughs) I complain about you and and, and and Stump Dog and and everybody else. Too. Oh, I, I and, can know, imagine. Kinda, he's kind of my confidant, but uh, <laughs> well, I hope you're paying
0: great,
1: him. <laughs> he's a great agent, and I mean, so if you ever looking in New York City, look up William Bowles. Uh, it's B O L L S. He's a phenomenal agent. He's one. Of, he's about the nicest guy uh, I've ever met.
0: Glad you gave a shout out to William because he yeah, is phenomenal. He is a super nice guy, and uh, you know, has an office that overlooks. Um, um, central, park. central park yeah thank you central park so very cool well how can people find you Connor if they want to you know
1: yeah I mean get in you touch? Can, I'd say just probably find me on Facebook it's probably the easiest way or I mean you obviously can go to teamstuckler.com it's it's kind of like Stu Eckler S-T-U-E-C-K-L-E-R Um, Yeah,
0: it's German, although we're not really that German, apparently. Yeah, we we had had our our DNA DNA tested,
1: (laughs) and and like, I just, I don't even know who I am anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, you're apparently you're Finnish. Finnish and Irish and English. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm Finnish for the (laughs) winnish.
0: Well, Uh, thank you so much, Connor. Did you have any last uh, thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I, no, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no. (laughs) All right, well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I'm so proud of you and what job that you do for your clients and uh, and for your family. So uh, this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show where we're keeping it real in real estate. So until next time mm will